yeah. Welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast. Got a really interesting show for you here today. And man, this GOAT debate is just never going to go away, is it? But that's okay. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but before we do, you know what time it is. If you're here on YouTube and you haven't already, please go ahead. Make sure you click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell so you can stay up to date whenever new content drops. And uh, you could be right here with us. Um, if you want the audio only version of the podcast, you know what to do. Open your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast. We should come up after a quick little search. Um, when you do that, go ahead, subscribe to that, uh, subscribe to the channel, however you can. Uh, if you like the show, please make sure you give us that five star review. Make sure you share the show with uh, other sports fans that you know that want to hear the show and uh, kind of get away from the um, the same sports talk that you hear parroted on a lot of the other shows. I definitely have some different thoughts, some that might make you scratch your head and uh, wonder where the hell is Bruce coming from. But that's all right, because I'm giving you my thoughts and uh, keeping it different. All right. So, um, yeah, make sure you do that. Helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. And let's get right to it. Okay. I'm going to start the show with a question. Why? You're probably wondering right now, why what? Okay, here we go. Why are LeBron James fans so sensitive and often so illogical? Why do I have to be a fan of LeBron James? Why do they get so upset if you don't believe that LeBron James is the GOAT? Why is it that although many people have him as the second best player of all time, I don't, that that's just so egregious to them if he's not the number one. Why are all of his flaws so easily glossed over? Why does anyone who does not worship this guy, a hater or a psycho or even a lunatic, I've heard all those, it's crazy. Why does degree of difficulty and rules slanted in favor of offensive players not matter to LeBron fans? Why do grown men behave as if they want LeBron James to be their own father? Why does he have the only fan base that acts like this? Why am I asking you these questions? I'll tell you why. Because recently, Clutch Sports founder Rich Paul made headlines when he made some uh, interesting to say the least comments about TV personalities and LeBron James not getting his due. Here we go again with the LeBron James not getting his damn respect. I want my damn respect too. Let's go ahead, listen to the comments, then we'll come back to address and undress them. I think Michael transcended the sport. And I think LeBron brought a consistency to the sport that maintained its relevancy. Uh, so, uh, you know, you see all these guys on TV every day. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's Michael and it's about the rings. Well, if it's about the rings, then it should be Bill Russell. Because he got 11, right? So if you're only counting 6-0 in the finals, okay, we give that, right? But when, you count, when you're talking about how hard it is to get there, and if you're just making it about wins and losses, like, if you, if you want to move the furniture around in the room, we can move it whichever way to make it as comfortable as you want to make it. I don't really get into the GOAT aspect because it's going to be, you know, there's an older generation on TV every day with those slots. Yeah. They're never going to give LeBron that credit. Michael grew the game. After 92, after he's in Barcelona, the game grew, right? So from that point, Michael transcended. Kobe came at a time right in the middle, which, again, he was 
I mean, there's nothing you can say about Kobe. He's a perfect basketball player in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. And then for LeBron to come on the back, both Michael and Kobe, and then maintain his consistency going to LeBron's been to the finals half of his career. Damn. Right. So that that's pretty hard hard to do. Yeah. And it's just a matter of who has the microphone, right? I don't. You know, I'm not gonna be our guys in the barbershop or guys is on TV every day because this is who they think is the, yeah. the, the GOAT, per se. I, I appreciate all of them. And and in addition to that, even more. You know, I appreciate the, I just appreciate guys who play the game the right way. Mm. Right. Okay, so what I'm going to do here is this. I am going to uh, go down the line and kind of address these things as they came in, in Rich Paul's commentary, all right? Now, First things first, let me say this. Um, I got a lot of respect for Rich Paul. Uh, he, he did it the hard way. You know, he worked with CAA for years. LeBron obviously helped to get him in the door. He worked with CAA. He learned the agent business. And then he and he founded uh, Clutch Sports. And he has become one of the most powerful sports agents in the world. So enough respect, dude, right? Especially in a, in, in a landscape where you don't often see a lot of African-American men reaching the type of levels that he has. So total credit due for that uh rich paul has put in the work and he's done it the hard way and um he's had great success so a lot of respect that does not at all mean that i agree with half of this nonsense that he was spewing in this uh in this video so um what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna start from the beginning and kind of touch on his points and <laughs> you know we'll go with that all right so first thing he says um basically if if there's an argument uh, regarding rings, then Bill Russell should be the GOAT. Because often what we hear from guys like Skip Bayless is uh, six for six with six MVPs, right? He has, uh, he being Michael Jordan, has six championships. LeBron only has four. Now, only to a basketball neophyte, only from uh, someone who doesn't really know the game, would they narrow down the GOAT argument to something simple as Mike has six rings, LeBron has four. That's utterly ridiculous, right? Now, with that said, Mike went to the finals six times, two three-peats, right? That, that bears mentioning. And he never lost in the finals, never even saw a game seven, right? So there's a little bit more nuance there than Rich Paul wants to, uh, wants to engage in. But why does he not want to engage in the nuance? Because he knows that most of the people buying into the LeBron argument are young enough to not have seen Michael Jordan play and don't really know the nuance of what he was able to do. Now, real quick, um, a lot of people say uh, Jordan fans only act as if Michael Jordan's career was six years long. No. All right. So if you want to, you can go back on the channel. I made a video that basically I think it's called uh, Jordan Never Beat Bird, and it explains how Michael Jordan had to come up, how he had to fight his battles, and how he had to go through the gauntlet of the East. Yes, back then the East was a gauntlet during LeBron's James, during LeBron James time dominating the East, it was not, but we'll get to that. Um, and that video basically explains, you know, how Michael Jordan got to the point of his two, three peaks. Anyway, um, so there's a little nuance there. It's not just the fact of Michael Jordan is six for six with six MVPs, although that is incredibly impressive, right? The, the never losing, I mean, we have to take that into account. Why? Because winning matters. Winning matters. That's why we play, right? You play to win, whatever it is. Shout out Herm Edwards. Whatever sport you're playing, whatever game you're playing, you're trying to win. You, you're not just there, right? So winning matters. And I find it so interesting that 
and I'll, I'll mention this again later, I find it so interesting that when it comes to LeBron James fans, they have made losing on the biggest stage acceptable, but we'll get there. Okay, so um, another interesting note when it comes to Michael Jordan and the winning, right? For the eight years that uh, he led the Bulls in terms, I want to say from 90 to 98, right? His Bulls led teams never lost more than two games consecutively, right? I mean, who else can say that? There's no one else that can say that. Never a three-game losing span in all those years, right? Once, once Michael Jordan and the Bulls hit that level, they maintained it. So when you hear Rich Paul talk about the consistency, as he'd like to mention, because he's using it to, you know, prop LeBron up, well, the consistency with winning, I, I can't say that's necessarily there. But okay, we'll get to that. So the next thing Chris Paul wants to, Chris, uh, so I'm sorry, Rich Paul wants to say is that the older generation on TV will never give LeBron the credit he deserves. So this is interesting as well, because we know I'm going to give you some of the three of the biggest names in sports television that have LeBron as the best player of all time. Shannon Sharp, right? We know about him. Uh, uh, NFL Hall of Fame tight end. He's 55 years old. Is that not the older generation on TV, Rich Paul? Okay. Nick Wright. Nick Wright is 38 years old, right? Um, he is the co-host of First Things First on Fox Sports 1. He's 38 years old. He's not a little kid, right? Colin Cowherd. He's 59 years old host of The Herd and the Colin Cowherd podcast. He believes LeBron is the best player of all time. He's constantly taking shots at Michael Jordan. I have uh, other shows on the channel as well. You can check for that, okay? I'm not making that up. All three of those guys are vociferous in naming LeBron James the GOAT. And guess what? They are all old enough to have seen Michael Jordan play in his prime. But they all say that. So this narrative that the older generation won't give LeBron the credit, the older generation on TV. Yeah, not quite true. But again, Rich Paul knows who he's talking to. He's talking to the people that are going to buy into this narrative he's pushing, right? He's talking to those people. Okay, next. This was really interesting to me. He says, um, you know, he mentions Kobe and says that was the perfect basketball player. Now, if you notice, Rich Paul is very careful in positioning his analysis of players to place LeBron as the pinnacle, as the most outstanding and advanced version of any player that has ever played, right? Because first he talks about Mike and how Mike transcended the game and how great he was. Then he calls Kobe the perfect basketball player. Interestingly enough, as if Kobe was better than Michael Jordan, he wasn't. Kobe was incredible. He's one of the most skilled of all time. I have him as being better than LeBron James, right? But Rich Paul makes it a point to call Kobe the perfect basketball player. Very smart move, right? But again, he knows who he's talking to. But if you listen carefully and parse the words, you see what he's doing, right? Because number one, I I've mentioned this time and time again, I'm a journalist. I'm a trained journalist. I understand what words mean. And not only that, I'm a communication grad. So I listen carefully when people are talking and I know what he's trying to do here. So he, he carefully parses his words and says Kobe's a perfect basketball player after talking about how uh, Michael Jordan transcended the game and how great he was. So now when he mentions LeBron, right, it shows LeBron or he's trying to position it as the next logical advancement of a basketball player. Brilliant move, Rich Paul. Okay. He keeps mentioning this consistency again. Again, this is clever verbiage, right? Because what consistency in this case says to me is He's using it to mask lower peaks than both Michael Jordan and Kobe. 
Because if you look at LeBron at his absolute best, and you look at Kobe at his absolute best, and you look at Michael Jordan at his absolute best, there's no way you can tell me LeBron James is better than any of those guys. You just can't. You might feel that way, but you can't logically make that argument. You cannot, okay? Lower peaks than both MJ and Kobe. But this is where he says the consistency, right? Because people are gonna talk about the 27 points per game over a 20 year span, which is absolutely phenomenal. I can't take away from that. It is credible. Now, the changes in the game, the open lanes, the removal of the physicality, the uh, less dominant shot blockers, all these things, the rule changes to facilitate scoring, all that helps. Let's not act like that doesn't help. Let's not act like that doesn't help because it does. But we still have to give credit for him doing what he did. Now, one thing I got to say here, LeBron James can't help when he was born. He can't. That said, he came in at the right time for him. Now, he still had to be great, and he is great, and he's had an outstanding career. But with all of that said, at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? Okay, now, this is the next interesting statement that Rich Paul made. LeBron James has been to the finals for half his career. On his face, absolutely true. 10 NBA finals appearances for LeBron James. 10 NBA finals appearances. Phenomenal. Magic Johnson had nine. Larry Bird had five. Michael Jordan had six. I want to say uh, the great Jerry West had nine. He lost eight of them, unfortunately. All right. Well, not unfortunately if you're a Celtics fan. But anyway, um, all that is incredible. That is a phenomenal achievement in terms of durability of LeBron taking care of his body, um, getting through consistently long seasons and playoff runs, right? Including eight straight trips to the finals. Now the great Bill Russell did that. They also played 82 games, okay? The game was more physical back then. The game was at a, in the 60s, I wanna say one of the fastest paces in history. So almost as fast as today, right? So anyway, um, that's been done before, but cool. You know, we, we can't take away from the fact that LeBron did it. All right. Um, but here's the problem. 10 trips to the finals, LeBron James is four and six. Let me say that again. Four wins, six losses, right? So that means he's under 500. He's not even even in his trips to the finals. Okay. I'm, I'm going to keep going here, right? Because I know a lot of you who are LeBron fans are saying, so what? He made it there 10 times. That's incredible. A lot of dudes never went. True true but since when is all the losing acceptable okay so rich paul also talks about you know how hard it was to get to the finals 10 times and again not saying that's easy because there are all-time great players who've never been to the finals t-mag never been to the finals dominique wilkins never been to the finals pistol pete never went to the final no pistol pete went to the finals but the point i'm trying to make is there are a lot of all-time great players who never made it to the finals i get it that's cool now, when Rich Paul talks about how hard it was to get there, and I'm not saying it's easy, let's kind of take a look at that. Remember earlier I mentioned uh, about the Eastern Conference, right? And when LeBron was there, it was easy, okay? So yes, he made it to the finals eight straight times in the East, but the East wasn't that great when he was doing that, okay? Now, let's, let's take into account some interesting information. LeBron James has a worse record against 50 win teams in the playoffs than both Michael Jordan and Kobe. 
Really? Let me say that again. LeBron James has a worse record against 50-win teams in the playoffs than both Michael Jordan and Kobe. But here's the kicker. He played with more top 75 and all-star talent than both of them. No, 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 that can't be. Yeah, go look it up, do your research. So you played with more talent, right? You tried to stack the deck and rig your teams, but yet you have a worse record against 50-win teams. How is that possible? Hey, man. So here's the thing. If LeBron James is what they want you to believe, why have there been so many trades on teams that he's headlined? What are you talking about, Bruce? You're hating again. Yeah, okay. So according to fadeawayworld.net, and this is an article that was written in 2020, right? Between the year 2010 and the year 2020, there have been 66 players from LeBron James-led rosters traded. That doesn't even include the last three years. Why am I bringing this up? Of course, I know. Nobody can do it by themselves. The point is, they want you to believe that he can just take anybody, right, to the finals. He could take me, a couple of my boys from work, and, and a couple of broomsticks, a mop bucket, and a squeegee. Isn't that what Shannon Sharp likes to say? And he could take them to the finals. But that's just not true. That's just not true. What he can do is manipulate rosters with the best of them. And when it doesn't work, he doesn't get the blame, right? The GM get the blame. The president of basketball operations for the team gets the blame. And they say, well, LeBron doesn't have enough help. He doesn't, they don't put enough around him to have success, but he's pulling the strings like Geppetto from the background, right? Interesting. 66 trades between 2010 and 2020 on teams that LeBron James was the headliner for. Does that sound like it makes sense to you for a guy who's supposed to be the greatest of all time? Hey, but even with all of that, more often than not, as is evidenced by the four and six record in the NBA finals, that ends in losing. The only other player that even comes close to the greatest of all time discussion with a sub 500 finals record is Wilt Chamberlain. He's two and four. Almost no one puts him in the GOAT discussion. Why? Why does almost no one put Will Chamberlain in the GOAT discussion? Because winning and losing matters. Winning and losing matters. That's why no one puts Wilt in the GOAT discussion. Almost no one, right? Maybe you get, you know, some people uh, from the 60s who really watch Wilt play and, you know, they talk about the Herculean superhuman feats the guy was doing. And he was incredible. But in terms of being the greatest of all time, he's not there because winning and losing matters. Since when did we in America, that's supposed to be the land of winners, get this participation trophy mentality? Where did that come from? Yes, LeBron has four titles, and that's outstanding. But he lost six times. How can we just gloss over that? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, next up. Rich Paul says he appreciates guys who play the right way. Why am I using those quotation marks? Because again, that's the clever verbiage again, right? He's so good with the slick wording. And why is that slick wording? Because when it comes to LeBron, we always hear about him playing the game the right way. These are terms that they use to protect LeBron when he doesn't close a game or when he gives the ball to a teammate and the teammate makes a mistake and doesn't come through. They say he made the right basketball play as if to ab absolve him, right? He made the right basketball play or to explain away his lack of killer instinct. He made the right basketball play. Now we know 
Michael Jordan and Kobe were probably two of the ultimate psychos, maybe the two ultimate psychos in terms of killer instinct and wanting to just go at and absolutely destroy the opposition, right? I think we can kind of agree on that, can't we? Right. And so sometimes when Kobe did something crazy and he tried to take it all on his shoulders because Kobe said, hey, look, you're going to win or you're going to lose with me the majority of the time. So people say, oh, he didn't make the right basketball play. He didn't have the right basketball IQ. No. He just had the stones. He didn't suffer from tiny heart syndrome. That's what Kobe was about. That's what Michael Jordan was about. Now, I'm not saying that you never have to pass and you have to take every single game winning shot. No, it's not what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, those guys, if you're that guy, you got the stones. You want it to live and die with you, right? And so those guys didn't get the excuse of making the right basketball play. Outstanding wordplay. Rich Paul, very slick verbiage, Rich Paul. I love it. But guess what? When you're talking to me, you're talking to a communications guy, you're talking to a journalist, you're talking to a guy who values words. I understand what you're saying. I understand how you're trying to play it. And that's fine. So let me kind of wrap it up with this. LeBron James is not the GOAT. He just isn't. And that's fine because so many people have him top five. So many people have him number two overall. Why is that so offensive? Why? Why does that bother you so much? Why? Why do his fans go insane when you say that? As if you're supposed to believe that he walks on water, heals the sick and raises the dead. He's not that. He's an incredible basketball player who's had an incredible career, but he's not that. And that is okay. And I think finally, what LeBron James fans are missing Rich Paul included, is that when you have to go out here and you have to make this case and pitch all this stuff and facts don't matter to you and logic is irrelevant, all you're doing is showing why LeBron is not the GOAT. All right, so what I wanted to hear from you is, um, am I right on this stuff? Is LeBron the GOAT? Is Rich Paul playing slick with the wordplay? What are your thoughts on this? I'd love to hear you. Leave your comments in the comment section. Get back to you next time. And I'm out. Peace.